0: Fantasy Focus Baseball is brought to you by JCPenney. Guys, at JCPenney, you can find all the great looks whether you're in the office or on the go. Raise your game with Collection by Michael Strahan or relax and look good on the weekend with MSX by Michael Strahan exclusively at JCPenney. JCPenney, style and value for all. Pressure!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Seriously, I, I mean, it's all coming down to this. This is the Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell.
0: Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Thursday morning, the last one of the regular season, September 27, 2018. This is not the end. We do have a Monday show as well. But I am Eric, he is Tristan, joining us today. And they deserve much thanks for being with us all season. Producer Anthony Colladiude, editorial watchdog Leo Howe, and in absentia, football-related Kyle Sapi. Tristan, let's preview the weekend, uh, people that are still playing for something. Uh, we both are. We have leagues where there's still stuff going on. Oh, Although, boy. I guess my leagues are weekly, so my decision-making is over. Yeah, but, we're, we sit and um, wait
1: and watch, right? <laughs>
0: One word what's describes it like this on weekend. Sunday?
1: Yeah. You want to know what it's, what it's like on Sunday? Pressure! <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I, I mean, it's all coming down to this. It's, it's wild, it's wacky, and these NL races are at least uh, injecting a little uh, pure baseball watching fun.
0: What is it like for you? I mean, I, I obviously, we're football guys too, so Sundays are days for football in the fall. But I, I love the last day of the baseball regular season because all the games start at the same
1: time, 3 o'clock
0: Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Or and, within um, five
1: or ten minutes of each other, but in the same Right, uh, or close. Window.
0: Close enough. Right, right. But we also see some wacky stuff with pitchers. Um, you know, who knows which starting pitchers are going to go more than an inning or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't see full lineups. So it seems to me not a whole lot changes. We do have great memories of stuff that has changed on the final day of the season. One base hit that affected a title, one home run, a save here or there. It's just, it's amazing to me. Uh, so you'll be like, uh,
1: reloading, uh, all day long <laughs> your standings, right? I mean, that's... I'm, I mean, it's, you know... You know that it's really getting down to crunch time when I'm watching Pablo Lopez at-bats through the game cast in my uh, MLB app uh, in extra innings against the Cubs and a meaningless game to the Pirates. I'm watching Pablo Lopez at-bats. I mean, But it's fun. That's the great part of this is that we're watching races come down to the final day. And Eric, as you said, I mean, the names Tony Womack, Jeffrey Marte, and Alex Colomay mean a great deal to us. And why? Because on the last day in those 3 o'clock games, at the end of their games, wacky things happen. Alex Colomay had that win a couple years instead of a, a, a save because he blew the save and got the win in relief. Tony Womack with that base hit. We talked about the whip thing that one year. Jeffrey Marte uh, swung Labor by half a point. I think it was two years ago at this point on a home run that he hit late in the game. And I'm watching it during the middle of the football games. I expect it again on Sunday. I got a league like that where it's coming down to that, that last day, probably. Great fun. Let's get along with it. Here's the
0: buzz. <laughs> All right. And I figured today. Why don't we just like go through the weekend, talk about pitchers, uh, some hitters that we like for the weekend. Yep. And I'm sure in the in the course of discussing this, we will get to players for next season and beyond as well. Because you know, like to talk about like some of the players on the on the player radar for the last week. I don't know. I mean, we'll get to that. I mean obviously, Christian Yelich, I think he won the NL MVP with his play over the last week or two. Yep. Um, Degrom won the NL Cy Young. Yep. Uh, Mookie Betts probably won the AL MVP. Yep. AL size is going to be interesting. I don't know. I was reading Keith Law's awards picks today online, and he – first of all, he doesn't even have Betts winning AL MVP. he has Trout. Trout does have a higher wins above replacement. But uh he doesn't have Snow winning A. L. Cy, and That's going to be amazing. He does actually he, have a higher war now? I think he does, yeah. They're close. Uh, it's I it's mean, around the same. Right. I could it shouldn't matter. I, it, the point is Trout's having a fantastic year just like Mookie Betts is. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, you can make a lot of points about that, but let's just go through the schedule here and see what we come up with because we'll, we'll, you know, while we're doing it, we'll get to thoughts. I wrote a blog entry. Basically, I talked about every team, my thoughts for next season, who I like, who I don't like as much, um, what I think. So there's a game on ESPN plus on Thursday night. Um, Josh Tomlin against Glenn Sparkman. You're not going to be wanting those guys, but it's the Indians and the Royals. So let's start with the American league here. It looks like it's over. We, we know the matchups. Yankees will probably host Oakland on Wednesday, uh, unless something crazy happens. Yankees lose out, Oakland wins out, something like that. So Indians this weekend. Do you mm-hmm. want to rely on Indians and Astros and Yankees this weekend
1: or are you trying to avoid it if you're in daily formats? I'd rather not rely on them if i can help it i do think they're going to play probably enough with most of their regulars that you're going to want to keep them in there i mean just going to the wire is just really rolling the dice on players but i i fully anticipate rest the big concerns i have for this are in that red sox yankee series is that if the yankees do wrap up officially home field advantage uh thursday potentially more likely friday the final two games really don't matter. And the Yankees need to preserve their arms as best as they can for the wild card game. So I think the rotations are going to be the big issue. We've already seen the note about Dallas Keuchel for the Astros, going to throw likely two to four innings in the final start. Charlie Morton might make a start for the Astros on the final day. I'm really iffy about him based on the injury question, so there'll be a, a limited pitch cap there. And I think we're going to see a lot of rotational changes here. The, not just the American League. We'll get to the National League. That, there's also some there. But in the AL, I think there's going to be a lot of shifting between those particular teams. No clarity on the Yankees' closer. That's a problem for those seeking saves. And the Red Sox bullpen, it's a mess. So I can't even you know, give great endorsements about theirs right now. In a
0: general sense, Tristan, and based on your history of winning leagues, are you someone who is aggressive in the final weekend and you'll pick up pitchers that nobody... you know, Say you pick up a guy like Thomas Pannone, or are you trusting the guys that got you to this part and you're loyal to them? How, how do you view the final weekend? Are you willing... To pick up a pitcher who maybe isn't having pitched all season long or a hitter or something that ha- hasn't done much and, and dump somebody. Like, our undropable list is clear now. You can drop Chris Bryant and Joey Votto and anybody if you want. Please don't drop players that are still helping out like Bats and Trout. But are you aggressive or are you cautious?
1: I, I, my, in my younger days, I was more cautious. So I guess when I was like five or six, since, you know, I'm 25 today, I was a <laughs> lot more, you know, go with the guys that got you there. But I also think the game has changed significantly since those days. And today, I'm much more aggressive about making changes. Now, we've said this for the entire month, that the context of your league standings, especially in roto terms, drives a lot of your decision-making. But the thing I'm finding that people slip up on the most is that playing time is precious, especially this precious. And uh, you're going to add guys who are going to give you games. Giving you games, the opportunity for counting stats is paramount right now, and I've been making changes accordingly for that. I mean, I mean, I've got I've got Corey Oswald going in NL Tout Wars for the Mets against the Marlins just because I knew he was getting the start against a weak opponent. You normally wouldn't do that.
0: Uh, speaking of a weak opponent, man, the Phillies have played real well down the stretch. They're in Colorado today. I will not be relying on any Phillies this weekend in fantasy. I, they kind of gave up weeks ago, but the Rockies. Uh, Big series for them this weekend. So one team, uh, one contending team in the National League is going to miss out. Rockies, Dodgers, Cardinals. Um, Those teams will obviously be playing their best players, their best pitchers. Their closers will be active. Any thoughts on those teams in general before we go game by
1: game? So in terms of the the, the playoff uh, the playoff outlook right now, it looks to me like we're going to have the divisional titles in the Central and the West be the things that really go up uh, are up for grabs close to if not to the final minute, which means we might have one game playoffs to decide the divisions. On on uh, a Monday, which will not count in ESPN's game, by the way. So just be clear to people. Understand that you know maybe off-site you'll get those games to count, but here they won't. Um, but in terms of any of those games, so the Phillies, yeah, you're right. I, I know they're not playing great, which means we talk about the opponents. I, I I feel like the Rockies are completely motivated. The problem with the Rockies is they don't have their rotation aligned in any way to really help for fantasy, which means you're taking a chance on guys like John Gray, maybe Chad Bettis on Sunday, and then hopefully if you know. If, for fantasy, if you need him in the regular season, Herman Marquez would be lined up to start a one-game playoff on Monday if it is necessary. The other thing is for the Phillies. They're going to play the Braves, a team that has nothing to play for this weekend, over the weekend. The Braves haven't given any hint about their rotation, and their guys are pretty fantasy-relevant in deeper leagues. And by the way, their closer has changed. They're going back to a rotus Vizcaino. So there could be some value out of the Braves, but today we can't even give you an okay on who those guys are. Does Tuki's Toussaint make a start during the weekend? I don't know.
0: Well, they can still get home field advantage for the series against the Dodgers, um, or the Rockies. Yes. yes. Um, so they're still playing for a little bit. Let's go, uh, the Thursday schedule here. Any hitters or pitchers that jump out to you? Um, that Mets Atlanta series finishes up. You know, I don't know. Atlanta's still playing their regular hitters. So I can't recommend Jason Vargas, though Jason Vargas has been better of late. Uh, Francisco Liriano is pitching at Minnesota. Um, any Ariel Dorado, is there any,
1: any sleeper streamers here for you today? In terms of starting pitchers for today, I mean, and I'd lean towards the night slate, not really. Uh, I, I do think that based on, and this is weird, the Pirates' success against the Cubs before, still kind of okay with Trevor Williams. I mean, I don't know if he's out there in a good number of leagues. Today's not the day in order to load up on your streaming pitchers. I think you're going to get better chances on Saturday and Sunday.
0: Yeah, I mean, I say if you want to stream. I mean, CC Sabathia and Marco Gonzalez are available in quite a few leagues. Uh, their matchups are fine. I don't know how deep they're going into the game, but I don't know why Marco Gonzalez would be held back. He could go six innings. Sabathia might be a little bit different there. Um, you, know, you mentioned Trevor Williams. You know, Great second half, still not a good strikeout rate. And yep. for next season, I just he is he is one of those guys I see regressing to an ERA over four next year. Marco Gonzalez is another one. I really wouldn't
1: trust him in drafts next season. Williams, um, by the it, way, reminds me of Tanner Roark, and I think I've mentioned that before on the show. And we know how much you hate Tanner Roark. It, it means that he could repeat this, but I worry about the variability year over year. Williams Astadio, that's the catcher I want this weekend.
0: Okay, I can tw- get behind that. Why not? I mean, he's facing a Detroit lefty today, if he faces, if he's, you know, and then the weekend is Chicago's right-handed pitchers, so. Yeah. He's got five nice games.
1: Me. Uh, they have a doubleheader? They have a doubleheader Friday, so it's five games. There's a big advantage oh, here coming right. up with the Chicago and the Minnesota hitters, and a lot are available. Williams Estadio,
0: that's the catcher you want. Friday's schedule, there's a doubleheader on ESPN. The first game is Cardinals Cubs in the afternoon, Adam Wainwright and Kyle Hendricks. Hendricks would be the guy you'd want there. And the night game, it's Lance Lynn and Rick Porcello, who gets talked about a lot on this show. Not a good season for Porcello. Uh,
1: not a good season for Lynn, to, either. To note, sorry, on this one, is that I do believe Jay Happ is going to start that game. Okay. Because yeah, I, the Yankees the aren't they, making it clear.
0: A lot of changes here. Cleveland uh, on ESPN Plus, with going with Mike Clevenger, maybe, maybe not. He may not go deep into that game. Uh, right. We saw the other day, this was interesting to me, Bauer, Trevor Bauer started for the Indians, went like four innings, and then Carlos Carrasco came in in relief for the final five. Yep. You never see that. You know what's happening Sunday?
1: Nope. The reverse. Carrasco starts and Bauer relieves? Currently, as of now, they're saying Carrasco gets the start and Bauer will make an appearance in relief in that game.
0: What an outing for Shane Bieber yesterday. I still think he's going to be a really good starting pitcher in this league. A lot of strikeout potential there, even though he doesn't throw all that hard. He just misses bats. Man, that rotation. I mean, they had four guys strike out 200, which never had happened before. And then Bieber's your fifth starter next year. They can yeah. afford to make a trade. Yeah, I um, know. <laughs> you know, other pitchers for Friday. So you mentioned Corey Oswalt at home against Jose Urania and Miami. Miami doesn't hit very much. Um, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Kevin Gaussman against Aaron Nola. You might normally think, oh, I don't want the pitcher facing Nola. But the Phillies, the Phillies have scored four runs in three games at Coors Field. Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I
1: mean, Gosman could go six shutout innings there easily. Uh, Look, Marquez is a great pitcher, but the Phillies did not really look all in in that game when I watched some of those at bats. Been like that for weeks. I know. Look, I'm a Phillies fan, okay, and I will be, and
0: I still am. But even in the losing years, and there have been a lot of them, I never saw them play like this Mm -hmm. for a month. Mm -hmm. This is unbelievable. And maybe they quit on their manager or themselves, I don't know. I don't want Kapler to be fired yet. I just – I can't believe they've been unwatchable. I've been watching other stuff this week instead mm-hmm. of the Phillies series with Coors. Um, what else on Friday night? Milwaukee, Zach Davies, who was an interesting pitcher last year, not a lot of strikeout potential, but that Tigers line, just offers so little.
1: Um, watching Victor Robles. The, the, yeah, the Brewers are Brewers aligned very man. well. For, for the week Brewers are still trying because mm-hmm. they can win that division. But they got the Tigers. That's great matchups for them coming up this week. And I think that one of the big advantages here in terms of the playoff race and how it pertains to fantasy is that Milwaukee still needs to be all in, at least for the first game or two of that series. But it's an extremely favorable fantasy series for them. Uh, by the way, I'll throw the other note for you. Uh, Dodgers rotation Friday to Sunday. They changed it a little bit there. So just be aware. Rich Hale is the guy aligned for the potential tiebreaker.
0: So when I was doing my article today, can you name the top three Giants – on the player rater for the season. And how many Giants hitters do you think are in their top 10 for the player
1: for the season? It's unbelievable. Never seen this before in my life. Yeah. It's probably not a lot of hitters. Um, <laughs> it's, it's one. Yeah. I mean, Derek one Rodriguez hitter. has got to be one. So in their
0: top 10 player rated for the season, Will Smith, I, I, Will Smith's number one, Derek Rodriguez is two and Derek Holland is three. Bumgarner mm-hmm. is four. Mm-hmm. There's only one hitter in their top 10. That Giants lineup is so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, my point was Madison Bumgarner starting on Friday night, and obviously if you've got him, you keep him around. Is he a top 10 starter next year? I have concerns. I mean, even looking at these numbers, he looks more average than anything else. Is durability something we have to be concerned about? It's two consecutive years. One was a fluke. Maybe both were. I don't know. But is Fair. Bumgarner
1: a guy you're going to really trust next year? Not as a top 10 guy. As a top 20 guy, to me, that's a conversation I'd be happy to have. Top 10, I think we're stretching it. Uh, is he brittle? Well, yeah, they probably leaned a little bit more towards fluky injuries, but I, I still have to be a little bit concerned because in the returns from both, he didn't look like the Bumgarner pre-injury. So that's a takeaway for him. Yeah, I agree. Um, anything else on Friday night
0: here? Wade LeBlanc at home against Texas, I suppose. Uh, Jaime Berea. When I was going through this, no angels pitchers I recommend. The angels really not a lot of stuff on that team. You know, like mm-hmm. they've got obviously Trout and Otani. Um, they've got um, Upton and Simmons are the hitters. There's no other hitters I can recommend. There's no pitchers I can recommend. We have no idea the closer is probably this weekend and next season. It's a very right. strange or the manager. It's
1: a very strange team, the Angels. Yeah, they um, shut down uh, Ty Buttrey for the weekend, so up for grabs: Hansel yeah. Robles, Jim Johnson, Blake Parker. Have fun. Good luck guessing
0: there. Um, anything else for Friday night? Any hitters here of note? Obviously, the top of Kansas City's lineup. If if Adalberto Mondesi is still a better in your league,
1: I don't know what league you're playing in, but go get him. I will give you Power a hitter speed. who has done very well lately, and I think will play a good amount this weekend. Coors Field, Victor Robles. Oh, love
0: him. Forty steals next year. Okay. You know their outfield next year is going to be. Soto and left, Robles in center, and they could platoon Adam Eaton and Michael Taylor in right. They're not keeping Harper. I don't know who's getting Bryce Harper, maybe the Phillies, maybe the Yankees, a team with money. But, um, yeah, Victor Robles next season. I, I'm rethinking, you know, D Gordon has nine walks this season? <laughs> That's almost incomprehensible. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of rethinking how I view stolen base guys because, you know, there's a bunch of them that just don't play all that much. And guys like Malik Smith will be available in like round twenty next season. If you can get a guy like Whit Merrifield or Trey Turner or Ahmed Rosario or Mondesi that yeah. we know has some power, that's a top hundred guy. Yeah,
1: those are top hundred players for next year. I'm gonna go. A and little if you bit... don't get
0: one, yeah,
1: I'm going a little more heavily on the walk guys. Uh, guys who know how to get on base and Malax you mentioned and Whit Merrifield. uh i, I mean Mondesi the Elder, Adelbert or Mondesi is the one guy who I, I we've discussed before i wonder a little bit about what that but i think that Robles's played approach is a very promising sign for next year i think there's a lot of potential upside give me Robles's numbers next year and Soto's i'm curious how you think about that Soto i think is going to get to i think he's getting to his 30 homers um Oh, definitely. I think he can hit 300 too with that plate discipline. Yeah, I, I I still feel like at this stage of his career, I, I'm I think he's going to be forced into making the decision one way or the other. He's going to fall short of the 300 average in the pursuit of homers or vice versa. So I'll give him 285 and 32. Uh, Robles. Robles is a tough read just because of the injury question. I'll say he's going to bat somewhere in the 265 to 275 range. Gives you. 12-ish 15 homers and I you know I'm with you on the steals I think he could go anywhere from 25 to 30 and there's upside from that so I mean you would like Trey Turner is going to be
0: probably a second round pick next year for his 15 homer 40 steal potential Robles isn't far from that you know I mean I feel like Robles and Alberto Mondesi because of the stolen bases deserve a top 100 ranking uh in 2019 so I'm going to try to rank them that way I I just, you know, I don't want to draft guys like D. Gordon and Billy Hamilton anymore. And Malik Smith doesn't have any power, but he steals a lot of bases. If, if you can get a 30 steal guy who hits for power, I mean, even if it's just like Whit Merrifield power, like 12 to 15
1: home runs, that, that's really good. But Malik's right. is a contact guy who's got a decent enough walk rate. And, you know, it, those things are really valuable nowadays in this steals market. I, I agree. I mean, you look at the overall player rater and the stolen bases
0: make a huge difference. I mean, it has Javier Baez at 14 overall. Whit Merrifield's the number 18 player for the season. He's ahead of Trey Turner. Trey, Whit Merrifield and Trey Turner are both in the top 20 overall, even including pitchers mm-hmm. on the player rate. Yeah. It's really valuable. Stolen bait. You might think Lorenzo King can't possibly be an NLV, NLVP. I'd agree with you. But those steals make him number 32 overall, ahead of Charlie Blackman, ahead of Goldschmidt, who stopped running. Is Goldschmidt, Goldschmidt can't be a first-round pick with the six steals. Right?
1: Yeah, I, No, and I, I, and I don't think he is. Uh, I, I feel like he's another guy where, and yeah, we were talking about positional when we were mentioning Bumgarner, but I feel like in the overall, the conversation's got to begin with Bo- Goldschmidt about, does he belong in 11-20? to 20? I think he does right now, but I also, I don't know, th- like my gut instinct is I think I can fill first base on the cheap better than spending the premium pick on Goldschmidt, but that's just the gut talking, it's not the analysis yet. I'll have to do that during the offseason. I agree.
0: I believe that Goldschmidt and Anthony Rizzo um, are going to be guys I'm avoiding next year. they are probably be on my do not draft list for the first couple of rounds because I feel like first base is the one offensive position I can get later on. Joey Votto, I would say, would be on it, except I bet he falls to like round four or five. People are just going to be so scared of him, but he can easily drop come pump come back to thirty home runs next year. It was probably his back injury or leg injury, whatever it was with Joey Votto. He's still capable of hitting thirty home runs, so don't give up. And that infield for the Reds. What a great infield. Oh. I oh, don't think know. Senzel plays left field, Cause, unless okay. they trade somebody, because they're not, they're not sitting Scooter, or I and mean, you can't play my, Stewart and Suarez. My,
1: my understanding on that with the Reds is their intent is to go with Jesse Winker and right with Shebler and left. So I, I that's an interesting approach, because I do think that Shebler is the less likely future guy for them. I, I know Shebler's had a very good career, but, yeah, you know, Senzel and left, hmm.
0: Saturday, uh, ESPN Plus at 4 p.m. Eastern has Jamison Tyone, who's great, at Cincinnati against Michael Lorenzen, who could be the next Otani. I mean, Lorenzen can't really play the field, so he would need to be in the American League to DH, but he's a hitter. I bet yeah. Lorenzen could hit 15 home runs if you gave him like 300 at-bats, but nobody's doing that next season. Anyway, Pirates, who have almost no offensive players you want in fantasy right now. The only one I can find is Starling Marte. Josh Bell, terrible season. Um, yeah, Polanco, terrible, injured again. Um,
1: I don't like hearing this. I really don't like hearing this since I have Adam Frazier, Pablo Lopez, and Einar Diaz. Think <laughs> Fra- Frazier this weekend. Diaz. Frazier
0: this this weekend at Cincinnati's right hand of pitching and bullpen. Sure. And that part you're not recommending Adam Frazier for next season. No, no
1: way. No, no, no.
0: Um, Blake Snell makes another start. Kershaw gets another start against Derek Rodriguez. You, you should use Derek Rodriguez. He's he's been fine. Good, good pitcher and, this year.
1: And you know what? I think I really think the Giants are going to come out motivated for these games. And you mentioned about how the pitching has been their successful point this season. The bullpen's decent enough with Will Smith at the back end. I agree with you. I like Rodriguez. But, like, you can't recommend a single Giants hitter this weekend. No, no, no. I mean, well, I mean, come on. They're facing Ryu, Kershaw, and, and Walker Buehler. But even if they weren't, what, what Giants hitter? Alan Hansen, what giant
0: hitter would you recommend? I can't find any. Um, yeah i'm trying to think of one (laughs) yeah i mean it's just i can't believe how bad that offense has been uh other pitchers here for set trevor richards at new york against the mets trevor richards has been okay of late uh kyle gibson might be out there in your league against the white Sox against carlos rodon that's an interesting matchup that is wade miley look i I don't know what you're waiting for on wade miley he hasn't had a bad outing
1: (laughs) it has been a great season for wade miley the last one wasn't that great well, what was it? Five innings? It was four innings, four runs, three were earned. He didn't have one okay. strikeout. I mean, it's not a disastrous outing, and I'm with you that Detroit is a good matchup.
0: Mike Fulton could no hit the Phillies. Um, so that's bad. Oh, the Phillies. If he pitches uh, people, that game. Um that's a good point. And by the way, next season I will rank Fulton ahead of Kevin Gosman. Will you? Yes. I, I I still feel like I only eighty percent trust Gaussman. But I, like, 90% trust Fulton Nevich. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to have to inst- instruct myself several times over the offseason to not get carried away with the Kevin Gosman love. And I don't think I really way overranked him in the past. It's just I looked at him as top 40 potential. And I think the question needs to be asked even in the better situation in the better league for the pitcher.
0: And by the way, those White Sox hitters at Minnesota are kind of interesting too. They have the extra game as well. And we mentioned Astadio, the twins, but you can get Daniel Palka if he's playing this weekend. Yomir Sanchez, that's a lot of at-bats. Uh, yep. Who else do the White Sox have that's been playing well of late? Um, I don't see anybody else, I guess. Oh, who's that other guy on the White Sox? All right. Um, anyway, White Sox, uh, Palka and Narvez, the catcher, who is safe for batting average, but doesn't. he had nine home runs. I mean, we didn't really talk about him much the entire season long.
1: Mm-hmm. That actually the catchers that. are interesting here because they have the five games. At least there's enough opportunities for each of those guys to sneak into games. All right, I'll, I'll live with that. Um,
0: what else? Saturday schedule. We move on to Sunday schedule. All games start at three between 3:05 p.m. Eastern and 3:20 Eastern. Yep. Um, some of these starters may not pitch, so be careful with that. Annabelle Sanchez, I doubt he's going deep into that game. And It's a, obviously he would pitch well against Philadelphia. Don't use Vince Velasquez. I bet he's in the bullpen next year, by the way. Yeah. I just, you can't rely on any Phillies right now. Morton's probably not making that start,
1: right? They um, need to get him into a game just to know whether he's healthy. So I could see him doing it, but I don't want to use him because this could either go badly with a setback or he could be on like a three inning 60 pitch count. Robbie Ray at San Diego. That's
0: interesting. What are you doing with Robbie Ray next year? Is he top 20 for you? A lot of strikeouts again this year when he finally got going, but not a lot of innings. Like, he just was not going deep into games.
1: Yeah, he's a top 20 pick this year. I feel like right now he's a no for me, but I feel like once I do the research and we get a read on health plans, etc., going into next season, he's going to find his way sneaking into it. All right. Uh, Sandy
0: Alcantara is at uh, the Mets against Syndergaard. Luis Castillo, Chris Archer.
1: Syndergaard, by the way, I'm really annoyed about that. What are like, you annoyed about? Okay, so we were just debating on the last show about whether to use Noah Syndergaard, whether he was having some sort of hidden injury issue, whether they should shut him down. And I remember I said, if the guy's healthy, he should be pitching here. And then what happens? He They report an illness for him, and they pitch him anyway. <laughs> what are you it's thinking? Odd. Yeah, what are you it thinking? It a bit odd
0: to me. Yes, I, I, I concur.
1: I, I mean, the whole point I was trying to make the other day is that if there's any question about the durability or health of the guy coming into the start, why are you starting him? And then they report that. I just, you know, <laughs> oh, I have egg
0: on my face. No, come on, eggs with hash browns are good. Coming up mm. after this, it is those hash browns. All right, we got some hash browns, and we will again uh, read hash browns on Monday's show. Obviously, looking ahead. On Monday, a lot of these has Browns are, you know, looking ahead to next year anyway. But, we're just talking baseball. Just two guys talking baseball. That's what we're doing today. We're
1: talking and baseball. Wayne Right and Davies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, uh, Juan is first up. Who is more likely to take another step forward in 2019? Jameson Tyon, Kyle Freeland, or Mike Fulton-Nevich? Are any of them capable of even taking another step forward? I guess Tyone, I could see a little bit more. Freeland, this has to be a ceiling, right? I'd have <laughs> and to. And Fulton <Fultinevich>, <laughs> I think, ceiling as well. Wait, F- wh- how would you rank them for next year? I need answer to the question. Who takes a step forward? I think
1: it's Tyone. I, I would rank them Tyone, Fulty, and Freeland. Uh, The first two, I'm very curious about the the order between them. So that's going to be a little diving into the stats. Because I wonder whether Faulty's true strikeout potential is going to wind up being, you know, like when I do the whole grading thing and everything, whether he's going to have more of it than Tyone does. But Tyone, just based on the raw stuff he has, I do wonder whether he could get better. And specifically, can he get more Ks? I, I think he's been a little bit more capable in the minor league ranks than he has been in the majors. It's not by a lot, but enough. That I wonder. It's going to be tough for any of the three of them to grow. I agree. Um,
0: What about if you threw Herman Marquez of the Rockies into this? Would he go first? Would he go over Tyone and Fulton-Evish for you?
1: No. And I will admit that a lot of that is Coors Field. I do love the guy. But... Here's the other problem with Marquez. There is a a really good chance, though, and we've mentioned that Sterling Hitchcock comes to mind as one of the best examples I can ever remember of the guy who gets the postseason spotlight and hasn't really earned it for regular season contributions yet. And Marquez, I worry, is going to if he pitches in a tiebreaker game Monday, pitches great in it after this strong finish and then has a pretty solid postseason, people are going to be treating him like a top 20 player. I don't think he's that. Do you? It's a top twenty pitcher, um, p- p- pitcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My issue there is
0: this: right now, there are eight pitchers that have thrown two hundred innings. There are fourteen that have two hundred strikeouts. Marquez has two hundred twenty-one strikeouts. So, I mean, maybe we compare him a little bit to like Jeff Samarja, who over those years would have an inflated ERA and WHIP, still valuable, never a top twenty starting pitcher. Do we ever? I don't think we ever viewed Samarja as, as a top twenty guy. He, he got there a, a year or two, maybe snuck in like
1: he, before he, San Francisco. Where as a Cub was it? I guess it was but. a it was a Cub. Well, yeah, because the A's was just a brief period of time. I think it was the f- uh, the final Cub year, and then whatever was the year after that. He might have started in Oakland. I'm trying to remember. He bounced around a, between the I couple. Just, of teams. Like the
0: way Marquez pitched
1: this season with those strikeouts, I, I feel like he's probably deserving of a top twenty slot.
0: Like if I all right, how about Marquez versus? Well, so this is the biggest issue.
1: You're never going to pick Marquez. I, I, I definitely have a bone to pick with the with the Samarja comp, simply for this. I, I, I like where we're going in terms of the value point, but they're they're really different pitchers. The reason that Samarja always worried me from a rankings perspective was the walk tendency, and then what would happen in terms of the home runs. He gave up, he, he did give up a lot of air contact to left-handed hitters. Marquez doesn't have those problems. The problem with Marquez. Is his ballpark. That's it. So there's a couple other
0: starting pitchers here among the top like 30 in strikeouts this season that are interesting. I don't know what to do with them. Like John Gray. That's a 491 ERA. It's Coors Field, but it's
1: a lot more strikeouts than innings. What do you do with him next year? Yeah. And I think a lot of people are going to be off that bandwagon, and there's a value opportunity. But I don't think he can possibly be drafted even where he was this year. At best, that's where he's going to get. I, I think also, by the way, and maybe I'm overreading this, is it not telling that the that the Rockies haven't firmly committed him to him making that start on Saturday yet? I don't know who else would start it, but neither, neither I do I. But that they haven't committed it says to me what they regard him as. Like he's their four maybe for the playoffs. James Paxton, 27
0: starts. The next, next strikeout will be his 200th. Can we rank him as a top 20 starting pitcher next year? Based on K-potential alone, don't we have to? Shouldn't he go over Marquez? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I think so, and we're going to get called out for that. And I, I still feel like there's less risk potential in the games that Paxton gives you than Marquez.
0: All right, let's move to the next question. Artie writes, any long-shot save options to help me make up ground this weekend? All right, let's see some save options that might be available in your league. I mean, we mentioned the Angels. Your guess is as good as mine with Buttry out. you going there? Um, I wouldn't
1: go there. I wouldn't even bother with the Angels. I mean, Michael Gibbons
0: of Baltimore, who are they playing this weekend? The
1: Yankees? No, Houston at um, home. Not eesh. a good not a good spot for them either.
0: I mean, I guess Viscaino or the Braves, I mean, they yep. ought to take at least two out of three, if not all three from the – Floundering Phillies. Kirby Yates is still out there in half of leagues. So he oh, gets wow. He's doing great.
1: This guy, 38's. you know, by the way, in his defense here, the Braves need to get him into some sort of routine going into the postseason. It does, it, it lines up nicely that they, they should use him for save opportunities at least twice this weekend. I
0: would say Will Smith, if he's available in your league. Um, Willie Peralta to well, the Royals. Not a great pitcher, Cleveland but he's like... Uh, yeah, but I mean, who knows what you know? Cleveland doesn't need to win, so their starting mm. pitchers are going to be all over the place. True, true. Uh, next up is Renee. Where is Bryce Harper playing in 2019? I think the way the Phillies finished up, they will give him. They will say, "Write your own check." I really do. I, I think they will. They will say whatever you want, take it. And the Phillies lineup will look a lot better because Hoskins is a good player. They still need other hitters. Carlos Santana maybe gets traded, maybe plays third base. I don't know. Right now, I would say, I don't know if Washington should bring him back. They already have two really great young outfielders. They could leave Harper and Wright, but then you know Adam Eaton would have to be traded. Michael A. Taylor is a reserve. Dodgers. I see the Dodgers parting ways with Puig and Kemp. Could be them. They have money. I think they're going to keep Machado. And I wrote this in my blog today. You might think I'm crazy. I think Machado plays short and Corey Seager plays second.
1: I don't think that's crazy.
0: It was. I it's not just it. the Tommy John was Seeger. He had major hip surgery too.
1: Yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, that's, so I, I, there, there I have been positives even... in his rehab. I will in in his defense. However, sure. there it's two big steps to come back from there. I, I like your... not going to
0: the Yankees. I mean, they have
1: they have plenty of outfielders. Hey, you know, I mean, I would never have thought that Giancarlo Stanton could go to the Yankees. So it's it's not inconceivable. I don't think it's likely. I think the Yankees are going after Machado. I, I like your pick here. I I feel like the Phillies should be investing in Manny Machado and not Bryce Harper. I feel like they oh, might, yeah. they might well do it because they, I mean they've got Kingery to play shortstop, so right Kingery's field's not available. A shortstop. I would play Kingery second and J.P. Crawford is short. And your defense
0: is the worst in history. Shore it up, please. Sure. You don't have to play but- Nick Williams every day. Play Reese Hoskins. Last I looked, at Reese Hoskins, WAR was less than
1: one. Play him at first, please. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. I mean, like, how, how are you going to – you have Carlos Santana locked up, so how are you going to line oh, the different God. positions? It's uh, just... I mean, I
0: guess you play Santana at third, but Hoskins has a 0.4 war. Have you ever seen that with a guy who takes 85 walks and has 33 home runs? I mean, his defense yeah. has been that bad. Yeah, it's – it's. I mean, it's problematic, and they've and got a Harper, short – you know, Harper's batted, what, like 245 two of the past three seasons. We have no idea if he'll steal five bases or 20.
1: Yep. I don't think he's a first round pick next year. I don't care where he goes. That's another guy I think is going to end up firmly in the 11 to 20 discussion, which is still very good. And, and by oh, the yeah. way, I mean, he, he's actually played, I think it's 147 plus games in four and three of the past four years. And the other was that fluke injury stepping on first base. So a little better there. But I'm with you that, that the batting average was a problem. I, I, I'll throw you. I'm going to throw you a, a, an outcome. I see 10 years, roughly 350, 360 for the Phillies and an opt out after the second year. Fine with me. I I don't want to
0: go through this past six weeks again where nobody hits, nobody seems to care. And they have money, they have plenty of money. You're getting one. Machado's leaving
1: LA. You're getting one. I think there's going to be a lot of interest across the league in Machado because of the infield third short thing. I agree. Um, Aaron writes, what is your early
0: Jeff McNeil projection for next season? How do you feel about McNeil? Matt Mets do have an interesting young lineup, and obviously we know they have starting pitching. Is McNeil a guy that we can count on to bat 300? I, mean, I love the plate discipline. But what else would he add? He doesn't seem like he has a whole lot of power or speed. So is he like a Martin Prado type to you?
1: Back uh, in the day. I, I could kind of say, I feel like... Watching them, play, I mean, and it's such a small sample by McNeil. I feel like watching them play. He doesn't quite have the raw speed that that Martín Prado brought to the table in his. Pro- and we're talking several years back. Martin Joe Panic speed. All right. Pr- Prado was capable of chipping in a few steals where I, I really don't feel like McNeil genuinely does. I feel like McNeil leans closer to the Joe Panic profile.
0: Um.
1: Yeah. The, and and that was no power, no speed which is annoying, but great <laughs> contact ability. That's going to, and, and by the way, contact guys like this can develop other things like power, Jose Ramirez. So like you, Nell Escobar, Th- that could be the poor scenario. All right. And
0: I'm Amar- at Rosario is going to be terrific. That's a 15 Homer 35 to 40 steel profile there. Love that. Um, I mean, which leads us into the next one. Chip, what sort of batting line is Michael Conforto give us next season? I mean that that's a solid lineup. I mean you could go Rosario McNeil Conforto Cespedes. Now I'm I'm not gonna put any interest into Cespedes. I, I don't know I don't know if he cares. Can't stay healthy. I I, I just don't want to deal with that. But Conforto I see as a two seventy-five hitter with thirty-five home runs.
1: I like him. Confortos is one of the sneaky good stat lines of the year because if you do the breakdowns there's no lefty-righty split besides the plate discipline numbers. Uh, Fewer walks, or a lower walk rate, a greater K rate. The second half slash line for him is 282, 364, and 564, which is the much more important takeaway. When he's been healthy since the All-Star break, he has shown us again that exceptional young hitter profile. Yeah, the Mets should win more
0: than they lose next season if they have health in the rotation, right? And it's not just DeGrom. I mean, DeGrom, Wheeler, Syndergaard. Are you going to rank Wheeler as a top 20 starter? Say DeGrom is like your number four or five. Mm -hmm. Syndergaard, say, like number nine, ten. Is Wheeler top 20?
1: No, I I think Wheeler's going to be in the 21 to 30. But that's still, to me, a a really good outcome. And, And we've said this so many times. I feel like from the 16 to 35 rank, there's a very small... Difference in terms of overall value. I'd agree. Any interest in Steven Matz or no? Not really. I mean, the guy helps you every once in a while with some surprisingly good games, but I, I mean, the, the inconsistency, the injuries, I, I just can't deal with it. It's such a headache. Uh, Lyle writes: How is Herman Marquez not a top ten pitcher next season?
0: Um, Herman Marquez is. Where is he on the playwriter for this season? He's number twenty five among starting pitchers. It's the ERA, to be honest with you, Lyle. I mean, it's Coors Field. We, we just talked about this, so I don't want to, you know, to spend too much time. But mm-hmm. Herman Marquez is, obviously the, the strikeouts in the second half are a little bit different than what he did in the first. But he's still behind Zach Wheeler, Jameson Tyone, David Price, Mike
1: Cleveringer, Jay Happ on the player Raider. How's Jay Happ there? Wins? <laughs> Happ is very underrated as a pitcher. He's he got a very wins. high floor and a limited ceiling. It's a lot of strikeouts. He, you know, Jay Happ has 186 strikeouts. Yep. The tweaks he made from? with the four-seamer with uh, uh, when he was in Pittsburgh were what drove that. So he's been so, this guy for a couple years.
0: That's our answer on why Herman Marquez not only won't he make our top 10 starting pitchers, I don't think he'll make our
1: top 20. But he Mar- be in the 20, 21 to 30 range. Marquez, this is the problem. I love the guy, but... The lefty-righty split is a problem. 255 weighted on base against righties. 337 against lefties. That means he could polish some of the pitches they uses against them, the off-speed kind of stuff. It's really all about the curve and the, and the slider. And the home road ERAs, 291 road, 474 home. Roger writes in, who has the better ter- long-term
0: outlook, Raphael Devers or Miguel Andujar? And Max Muncy versus Tyler White. Let's start with the Red Sox-Yankees. I still think Devers is going to be a star. I, I think his, I, I think he he could hit 30 home runs next season, in about 270, and be a top 10 fantasy third baseman. Even chip in like eight to 10 steals. I I don't know if I can rank him ahead of Andujar for next year, but I think it's reasonable to do so. Your thoughts on that?
1: I think that's really the spot on take with it. I I, I like Devers' career. I'd say definitively better than Andujar's, and I think that Andujar's defense is going to become a major question in time, which means the position, where does he wind up? Devers, by the way, an injury-plagued year, and yet he still put up an isolated power near 200. He had 21 homers, and the hard contact rate was right in line with his 2017. To do that, despite this is- the issues this year, pretty darn good, and speaks well of him for, his- for the future. And then Muncy versus Tyler
0: White, which is really interesting because I can't guarantee either of them get 500 at-bats next year. I mean Muncy with the 30 home runs and Tyler White, great second half. I think the Astros would let Tyler White play every day next year if he keeps hitting. First base, DH, I don't know. I think the Dodgers would find a place for Muncy. If Seeger doesn't play second, Muncy could, but he's not a second baseman. I guess he could play first with Bellinger in the outfield. They could trade him. I don't know what to do with Muncy and
1: White for next year. What do you do? Yeah, I, I agree. I think the fact that the roles are uncertain, and by the way, part of that has to be that they're both under contractual control by their teams. So we have to project like they're staying where they're at. I mean, White's best spot is probably being the everyday DH, but you've got to deal with the with the Evan Gaddis question. Gaddis might be a free agent. Is Gaddis a free agent? Oh, look, you know, th- th- there's a the risk
0: of Domingo Santana happening, right? Whereas, like, team yeah. has so much stuff that they just don't play max muncie they clearly view muncie as a platoon guy anyway which is Mm -hmm. part of the problem (laughs) so so he's not going to face lefties yeah gaddis is a one-year deal um so he could he could go and you would think he would
1: where is gaddis oh yeah yeah, that's right the dh only thing yeah you're right he is definitely eligible for free agency and he did not catch this year so white could be the dh I'd, i'd take white
0: So Gaddis, uh, Gaddis will not be catcher eligible next year. He caught only two games in the major leagues. So he is a DH only. How many other guys are DH only? I guess Uh, I
1: I didn't even look it up. Like we could do this in one day. Nelson Cruz, Shohei Otani, Evan Gaddis, Victor Martinez, Matt Holiday, uh, and then it's all scrub type
0: guys. Is there anybody like a Francisco Mejia who will be catcher eligible next year? Is there anybody that came up and just didn't play enough? I mean, I guess it's too early to know that. The weekend is still here, but. Speaking I, of, I, actually, just,
1: Holiday has probably played enough in the outfield, and that's one that was beneath my cut. Uh, they're, yeah, you're right. We have to go through the weekend and see. A guy yeah, is probably going reti- to get – All right.
0: He's probably going to get – Matt Holiday matters <laughs> or Victor Martinez. Great no. careers, you know. But um, So, yeah, that, I think – So,
1: Muncie versus White. You have to rank one of them ahead of the other. Who is it? I, Muncie, right? I'm quite sure I ranked Muncie ahead of White. Uh, I I feel like there was a little more balance to his game. I think White's prospects for a better role next year are greater right now. All right. On Monday's
0: show, we will wrap up the weekend and we will talk about stuff that happened, our awards. We'll also have our real-life postseason picks, who's going to win the World Series and all that stuff. We'll talk about the awards and who should have won them. Maybe some sleepers for Monday. And in the second half of Monday's show, we will again talk about the Hash Browns. And that is it. Yeah, I won't be here on monday for the show so i wanted to give oh, my yeah. picks real quick because uh okay, go for well it. You, you know i'm gonna i'm gonna watch dog it up over here um <laughs> world series pick I- i'm actually going with tristan's favorite team the red sox uh <laughs>
1: over,
0: over the cubs um i have to be a homer and pick snell for al Cy young i'd pick mookie for al mvp and lmvp i think yelich and CI Young Degrom, those all those all make sense. So I don't think you can really argue with any of them. AL Psy is the tough one, and since I'm a homer, that makes it pretty easy. So
1: Hey Leo, I'm uh, looking forward to when you're on the mound to clinch the last out for the Red side <laughs> Since I, I can say you're probably more effective than all the non Kimbrel guys. <laughs> all right.
0: Thanks so much to Leo for his I got a nice watch all season. <laughs> you're done. Thanks. This Leo. week. One more show, please come back on Monday, and I don't know what we're gonna talk about. We'll we'll Find time to do it anyway. Have an awesome weekend. Everything is awesome.
1: Darkness. The theme song for The Fantasy Focus was created and performed by Eric Hutchinson. Check out more of his music at erichutchinson.com. Thank you for listening to The Fantasy Focus. For more great podcasts, log on to the iTunes Music Store or Pod Center at ESPNRadio.com.